Welcome to Parenthood Pals. I'm Caleb Hoyer. And I'm Melissa Fight Johnson. And today I am beyond thrilled to introduce the world <laughs> to Grant Randall. Welcome, Grant. Hey, thanks for having me. Hi, Grant. Yay. Hey. Now, before we even like grill Grant with our usual guest questions, nice I gotta tell you that he is one of my oldest, dearest friends. We met in college. Um, I was trying to figure out how long we've known each other. And I was I thinking think about that know. today. Yeah? yeah? How long has it been? No idea. <laughs> I, I didn't think about it a long time. I thought about it for okay. a little bit though, yeah. Had to be a, a writing workshop though. It had to be a writing workshop. So like 2001, 2000? I, yeah. 99? It might've been 99. I yeah. think I met you pretty soon after college starting. So yeah, over 20 years. I think I was a teenager. Well, and I was thinking about this today too, that aside from Mark, I think the two of you are like my my closest male friends. And so this is really fun. Oh, that's I'm just cool. like, Yay. I love that you throw Mark in there. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, he's in a different category, yeah. but Ugh. yeah, whatever. But I don't know. It's just <laughs> wonderful. I love being around both of you so much. And so this is um, really fun. Anyway, Grant, where are you joining us from? Columbus, Ohio. And so I'm just going to be, I'm gonna, if I'm quiet at the beginning of this, it's because you know me, I can go crazy. I can take off. And there, having watched this episode and thought about parenthood and researched it, I got like at least 16 different threads that I want to follow. Okay. And so it would be, I, I know, I know how I am and I know I could just take over. Okay. So I'm going to sit here quietly. All right. And you tell me, you tell me when it's time to go. Okay. Because you kind of <laughs> threw a curveball at me with this episode. I wasn't expecting. Okay. And I was really, really happy about it. You know what that is. I do know what that is. Yeah. yeah it was oh. like literally the perfect, the perfect show. I for love Grant. that you never mentioned it. You made it about something totally else, so I didn't see it coming at all. She probably didn't remember. <laughs> I actually, I did. I did actually um, text Caleb, and I was like, "Oh, OMG! I'm so glad this was the episode. This happened. I wasn't positive, but I thought it might all line up." I also wanted to. Now that you're kind of mentioning it, we also ask our guests what their history with Parenthood is. So, had you ever seen Parenthood before? All right. Well, this is another one of those threads. This is one of the longer threads. So, oh, shoot. Okay. yeah, I, so feel free to stop Pull me. Pull it, Penelope. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very literate joke. I'm yeah. glad you yeah. know. That was but, you know, look who I'm talking to. Yeah. That's a good album title. <laughs> Pull it, Penelope. <laughs> <laughs> so my experience is zero. Zero. Okay. And so that at first I was like, well, why would they want to have me on there? And I think you've explained it. And I've looked at your, you know, your, your Instagram and stuff where it's like, not everybody's familiar with the show. Sometimes it has to do with an element of a particular episode. All right. That makes perfect sense. I can talk about anything. We'll do that. So I mentioned it to my wife and stepdaughter and they're like, that's our show. Before we met you, we went, we watched like Aww. the season, like my stepdaughter seen it three times. Wow. They loved that show. Apparently it was right before I came into their life. So I just missed it. This is at a time in my life where we don't have to get into it, but it's not just television. I've had this talk with other friends where they're like, you're this pop culture maven. Like if it's like a 1970s rock album, you know, the guy that produced the cowbell on track eight from studio, <laughs> studio C. But I have this period in my life. There's no TV. There's no music. There's no movies. There's no like I, would, I was just busy. I was coming out of law school. I was going through some terrible relationship stuff. Just missed parenthood completely missed it didn't know who was in it so it was interesting for me to like do I'm like okay of course I'm going to do a little bit of research on the show and see what this is about and I'm like how did I not how was how did I miss this 
because I'm looking at it, and let's just like go through the list. Of course, Peter Krause comes up first. Yeah. Which six feet under, I've constantly said I, I have had stock in Peter Krause for years, and I never sold it. I'm holding on to that stock. <laughs> you know, and it never like went full on Apple or Amazon, but I think it's paid off. He's like in 911 now. He's done all this stuff. Yeah. And, but when Six Feet Under came out, everybody talks about Mad Men and Sopranos and The Wire and all these the golden era of television. Six Feet Under was mind blowing. And that yeah. pilot is uh, to this day, I can walk that pilot changes the way you see television. Like it it's left you so stunned. Good. And it was yeah. so good and it was so influential. And I always think that's when that's like the TV show from that era that gets left out. And and so many other people came out of there. And of course, you got Mr. Dexter, who like, and how could you deny him? Like his yeah, he was so amazing in that show. But Peter's the one that kind of holds it together. So I'm like, okay, Peter Krause is in here. And I'm like, oh, there's Monica Potter. And it was just like, I was just, Adam Duretz was just doing the podcast circuit recently and told the story about how he wrote Miss Potter's Lullaby. Didn't know her until he wrote it and got to date her because he wrote it. I didn't know that. Oh my God. We won't go into that story on your podcast, (laughs) but that story is phenomenal. That's so cool. Then I'm like, oh, there's Mae Whitman. So I'm like, just arrested development. I started having my stock in her early on. Yeah. Then my biggest television crush of all time, Lauren Graham. Good taste. And then I'm like, what was going on in my life that I missed anything Lauren Graham did? And this is a pretty big deal for her career-wise. Yeah. And I, I was just not part of it. Just missed it. And then, because <laughs> well, I'm not a celebrity like dating or anything, I'm doing my research and she and Krause are together. Yes. I didn't know that. Like, Isn't that cool? If you told me like, this is your make a wish, you get to invite one celebrity couple to dinner. <laughs> it would be, there's not even, it's not even a competition. It's them. There's oh no God. contest. Then you have, it's produced by the FNL, uh, the Friday Night Lights guy. Yeah. So while I did miss this period of television, as you know, I am a Friday Night Lights aficionado. Yes. And so anything, yeah. So it's just, it makes no sense that I have <laughs> no frame of reference for this show. And I got so excited. Like, it was like I was watching family members that I didn't know had done this other project. <gasps> then the soundtrack comes up. And it's like, it's Josh Ritter, the Avets, Wilco, Amos Lee. It's like Lyle Lovett's on it. It's like, did I, I was, I was doing a lot of substances at this time. Maybe I was a consultant for Parenthood on the soundtrack. <laughs> I forgot about it because it's, this is, it's perfection. Like the soundtrack's uh, incredible. It is. So yeah, this was a really, it's really, I think you probably knew that you would get that out of me when you asked me to come on. But it just, it checks all the boxes. Big coach fan. Uh, coach. <laughs> is that? Oh, yeah, yeah, He's not in this episode. He's not in this episode. Yes, I was but... a big coach fan. Just so you yeah. know. Frank wow. Nelson. Uh, Didn't even realize. I know. It's it's the best cast maybe ever. And and yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you enjoyed that because... And, I remember you had joked that your like uh, one stipulation was to talk about Friday Night Lights for at least a minute. Oh, no. yeah, that was part of it. <laughs> no spoilers, but we have we have an alert. Today, oh, so. I don't remember. So maybe we talk about Friday Night Lights when the alert comes up. So no. Grant, that will happen. All right. <laughs> uh, you kind of already answered the last question that we ask people, but you at least just answered half of it because we ask people to tell us about. They, they always do like Team Braverman on Parenthood. So I want to know about Team Randall, both your family now, but also your family, like your childhood family. Um, my dad, who was a cowboy, <laughs> a mechanic, and, uh, and my mom, who is still around, he passed away just a few re- years ago recently, you know, and so she's kind of getting back out there. That's interesting to see. 
um, sister who followed in your footsteps. She's a teacher just doing amazing work in Miami, Oklahoma, of all places, like a class of 24 kindergartners. Wow. My wife is my second wife, but it's the good one. <laughs> it's, going really, it's going really well. Um, great daughter. Uh, former, she was my babysitter. Uh, you probably heard that story. That. Yeah. And so for the listeners, was it like a full on weird babysitter situation? It was a thing where she babysat my sister, but I have to like ride my bike and check in, you know, like that kind of, <laughs> it's not like I was little and she was older. John Mulaney has a great bit where he was like in love with his babysitter and saw her as this exotic older woman. And it wasn't until he got older. He's like, she could just dial the phone a little bit better than I could. Like that was, that was the only, you know, like you, you realize that when you get older, he's like, it's like having a horse watch a dog is essentially what's going on. So like, and then we didn't know each other for like 20 or 25 years and saw each other again in a Starbucks when I was back home. I love that. Yeah. And then I became a dad to a 14 year old at that point, which is interesting. And now she's old enough. She's in her twenties and now I have a granddaughter. So I'm Pappy Van Randall. <laughs> and I feel like you really rock the Pappy aesthetic. Am I right about that? Like, yeah, I, you know, you wear cardigans, you know, you like hip, you're like a hipster. Like, I mean, maybe not a hipster. Is that a terrible thing to say? But you've got the cool tattoos and you wear the cardigan. Yes, I'm proudly a hipster. Yeah. Were you a hipster before it was cool? I was. So, you know, Lawrence, um, that's where Melissa lives. Uh, so I lived there long enough that I achieved county stats. I could drink unironically at the bourgeois pit. So yes, I was a hipster. <laughs> but I'm always like, people are like, ew, hipster. But, and I'm like, oh, you don't like cool tattoos and farm to table food and awesome cocktails and good music? Sorry. <laughs> of, any, of anything where you want to check those boxes of what do you want to be, I'll take hipster every day. I'm with you. I agree. Beautiful. Thank you again for being here. I think we're, I think we're ready to get into the episode proper. And this is where Caleb takes us away. Oh, no. Okay. Here we go. Buckle up. <laughs> There's no earthly way of knowing. <laughs> I just want you to sing this, the theme song, the parrot. To, uh, yeah. Oh, you want both of us to do it real quick? I didn't ask for you, but okay. Well, yeah, Caleb should do it. We do it together. But, <laughs> Melissa but immediately think... jumps in and she's like, you want me to do it too? I'll do it too. <laughs> Caleb, sing the, sing the Parenthood Pals theme song for Grant to get him into the spirit. Oh, okay. Parenthood Pals, we are the Parenthood Pals. Very nice. Welcome to Parenthood Pals. That's <laughs> awesome. Start over. I've been so tempted sometimes to go like, welcome to Parenthood Pals. Like totally change the way <laughs> I say the line. I thought you were going to do Forever Young. I didn't know you had a whole song. Oh. Yeah. We well, do. No, we that's do. great. Ouch. You got a <laughs> Band-Aid for my ego. No, um, what you did was excellent, too. I wasn't Make up, Mr. Keep you my ways. Make it look good. Make up, true. That's not bad. Actually, that was pretty spot on. Thanks. That's true, Bob anyway. Dylan and everything. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> Today, we're discussing Parenthood Season 3, Episode 15, Politics. It was written by Sarah Watson and directed by... Peter Krause. Whoa! This is his directorial debut, not just oh. of this series, but of anything ever. Wow! He will eventually direct three episodes total of this series, but this is the first one. It originally aired on February 7th, 2012, and here is the NBC synopsis. Mark invites Sarah to a friend's engagement party, which stirs up a serious conversation about a baby in their future. Meanwhile, Amber receives a job promotion, but questions her own qualifications. 
Adam and Crosby clash over business strategy for the luncheonette, and Zoe's behavior causes Julia and Joel to question their adoption agreement. First off, I want to say that that opening shot of Crosby and Adam walking down the street is a special effects shot, which I'm almost sure it is, because they don't film in Berkeley or San Francisco or anywhere around there. I thought it was pretty convincing. I feel like there have been times they've had shots like that, and I didn't think it was super convincing, but this time I thought, yeah, I buy it. Anyway, right off the bat in this episode, I gotta say... Friday Night Lights (laughs) Now, we usually only do the alert when there is a cast member, but it's been a while and I miss it. And in that opening scene, when they go into the record shop, Crosby is wearing a Panthers football shirt. Oh, my gosh. I missed that. I missed that, too. It's hard to tell because he has a shirt on over it. So you can only really see like the middle third of his chest. But I'll be fair. I read it online that he was wearing that shirt. I did not even notice. I didn't. I didn't catch it myself, but then I looked for it and I could tell it's a gray shirt, blue writing, and it says Panthers football. Oh. I thought you were going to. That's amazing. Well, Grant, this is our chance. You wanted to talk about Friday Night Lights a little. What are your thoughts on Friday Night Lights? Well, no, I'm just, I'm trying to remember the producers. Jason Cadams, is that it? We is said Cadams, but I'm not sure if that's Kadams? right. Cadams. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. Is it Cadams? Yeah. Friday Night Lights, like I should be getting royalties. Uh, Melissa knows this like this is back when you were buying DVD box sets and so many people got into that just because we were preaching Friday Night Lights to everybody it's the best it's the best Buddy Garrity is everybody I grew up with (laughs) like he's and he just plays that character so well Landry is he's in like my top five TV characters of all times I love Landry like when he's the first time he introduces his band as Crucifictorious, that might be the hardest I've ever laughed <laughs> at anything on TV ever. So yeah, I don't want this isn't a Friday Night Lights podcast, but I think it's you can hear it in my voice, my love for Friday Night Lights. Yeah. I was on a plane with Tim Riggins once. Oh, <gasps> what? Yeah. I didn't know Flying that. Both does a great gasp. <laughs> <laughs> oh my uh, gosh. Was his hair flowing long or was it, yes? The show was, it was like season two. So like a lot of people didn't know who he was. Um, He wasn't in first class, you know, and he had a little, he had like the, like you would expect any gorgeous celebrity. He had like the stocking, the stocking cap on with the hair flowing underneath it. Wow. Yeah. You're like, you're just like, he's just a better person than me. Like you just look at him. (laughs) You just know. Easily. Easily. It's just gross. (laughs) Beauty equals virtue. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I'll let let you take the show back. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, another tangent. I took note that finally Lily, as required by law of a cellist in a movie or a TV show, is playing Bach's cello suite number one. (laughs) Everyone always plays that in anything. But she hasn't up to now, but now she did. All right, check that box. For her own safety, I'm glad she did it. (laughs) Put in TV jail. I also noticed that these are really random until we get to the actual first central conflict, first storyline. But I noticed that Crosby warns Lily that Adam is going to interrupt her recording session with a conversation. In previous episodes, they always just talk right through whoever's recording. Yeah. I guess if you sleep with him, then he'll give you the time of day. Yeah. Then he'll say, Adam's going to interrupt us instead of it just happened. Yeah. I have weird feelings about Dak Shepard. He's the poor man's Bradley Cooper. Oh, I, I, did, I feel like I should like him more than I do. And I, cause there's nothing about him. I dislike, but I, he's just not, I don't know what it is. It just doesn't do it for me. Fair enough. I was never a fan until parenthood. I love Kristen Bell. Yeah. 
Well, they're America's sweethearts, the two of them. Yeah, she's she's incredible. I love his podcast, but I, I don't know. Just, meh. Well, Adam interrupts this recording session to have this discussion with Crosby. It turns out that Dawes is checking into the Chamberlain Hotel. Dawes is checking. How do you know that Dawes is checking into the Chamberlain Hotel? Fan tweeted about it. Listen. That's pretty creepy. Yeah, well, you're... it's good intel for us. Just listen to me, OK? You told okay. me that you're not comfortable calling them. But I figure you're probably comfortable enough for us to stage a random bump in at the hip bar there at the Chamberlain. What do you say? And, the, and you're joking. This is a joke? What, you have a better idea? We got to keep yeah, business moving. Yeah, uh, respect here. their privacy. That's a good start Come for a uh, man. This is just about doing business. That's all this is. This is it. Well, I don't want to do business like this. Well, what you I'm the saying is, is uh, you don't have any business experience. Okay, you have to I go after go to Horton, Okay, but I've played Monopoly and I don't remember a square on the board that says stalk future clients or screw over ex bosses. Monopoly is a game. This is real business. We are going after a client, okay? It is sink or swim time for us, and I'm tossing and turning over this stuff every night. I've got a daughter who's going away to college. I've got a son with special needs. I've got a baby. I've got to keep this business going and make money. This place isn't going to succeed on its own, Crosby, okay? We have to make it succeed. You get that? you got a man yeah. up. You're a co-owner in this business. Start acting like it. I just want to say that I think that Peter Krause threw in that little speech for Grant's benefit because he knew that Grant was <laughs> going to be podcasting and hadn't seen the show. And he's like, Grant Randall, this is who I am. I've got a son of yeah. special needs. It's like he was on your podcast. <laughs> yeah, he was like, let me just explain. I'm going to say, so I obviously I watched the episode, watched parts of it a couple of times, but I love that Caleb played that given what we just talked about with Dak Shepard. I just realized, I just had self-revelation why I don't like Dak Shepard. He reminds me too much of myself. Whoa. Oh, I, I relate. I relate. Especially this character in particular, like just in that little dialogue. So obviously he has some experience with Dawes, but he might have played up his great stories a little too much. Uh. You know, that, that's me in my 20s. I do that all the time. <laughs> and then he's going to try to shift the conversation by being, you know, like witty and a smart ass. Yeah, check. Yeah. That's intense. That's I love it. Yeah. Let's, let's get dark. Let's get dark right let's now. Let's get right into yeah. it. All right. Back to the show. Well, do you guys think that Adam is being too aggressive in his strategy to court Dawes? Or do you think that Cosby is being too passive? I, I will admit, first off, that I have paid money to go to events because of people I think might be there. Wow. So I don't think of myself as a craven networker, but, <laughs> I, you know, the thought has crossed my mind before. Oh, if I go to this preview performance or something, I bet the creative team will be there and I might like to work with them in the future. Maybe I'll run into them. Wow. I will say that I think Adam is probably right that they do need to be aggressive and go after things, but it would hurt my stomach the same way it seems to hurt Crosby's. You know, that that look that he has when he's like drinking yeah. after Dawes is like, let's let's get it, you know. <laughs> you could tell he feels really guilty and I would feel the same way. Like he seemed to really get along well with his old coworker. And the only reason they know about this is because that coworker had just total trust in telling Crosby about this. And I would feel like a real asshole. And I think that Crosby does too. But that doesn't mean that Adam isn't right. hundred percent. They should Adam's right. Yeah. right. And it's, if they were just like trying to get an autograph, that would be really weird and dirty, <laughs> but they're starting a business. Like it could, they might never be in contact with a band like Dawes again the rest of their lives. You know, so there's this like the welfare of their families depend on this. So thousand percent. Nice. I like that clarity. I know I don't need to explain this to our guest today. But for any <laughs> listeners like me 
Dawes is a real band. <laughs> I wonder who we're going Are we going to get into this now? Let's get Let's into this. Let's get into it. Yeah. Because I didn't know. So t- teach me about Dawes. I'm like literally wearing my Dawes concert t-shirt. I've, I've seen them twice and they're one of my very favorite bands. And Grant and I share that. Grant, do you want to gush a bit? Well, so what I'm going to say, I'm going to guess more about Melissa than Dawes. Oh, so fun. because So she was like, <laughs> we'll get into the political part of this this episode. But she's like, hey, you used to be involved in a running campaign. You ran for public office. This is called politics. So we really want you to come on for this episode. But she did all of that knowing I would obviously need to watch the episode. She never mentioned that Dawes was on. Yeah. And so like they kind of <laughs> they mentioned them in this conversation. I was like, oh, that's awesome. That's cool. But what little research I did, I saw the soundtrack. So I'm like, well, these people obviously have great music choice. So yeah, they use Dawes. That's great. I was initially thinking that they were going to use Dawes because they're a popular enough band. They would resonate with a lot of the people watching it. But it's not like you're saying YouTube. It's not like you're saying, this isn't Taylor Swift. (laughs) So I was like, okay, they're just using that as a good choice. I didn't know Dawes would actually be on the episode later. I will say, I thought it was a great choice too, because I had this joke we used to run uh, back in college. Do you remember the band Deep Blue Something? Yes. Breakfast at Tiffany's? Yeah. The only song they ever had is kind of pre-ish internet, kind of internet. So we had this guy that would pull what I thought Parenthood was doing. It's popular enough that you know him. Not so popular that you're going to know what they look like. And he would always tell girls that he was the bass player from Deep Blue Something <laughs> at bars. Because nobody's going to bother looking that up. Yeah. But we all kind of know who they are. Because it, it worked. It was beautiful. So I thought Dawes was going to be Parenthood's just good enough that you're not going to question it. We used a cool band. But no, 20 minutes later, Dawes is actually in the episode. And so, yeah, so to, to Caleb, Dawes is this band kind of out of, you know, Southern California, Laurel Canyon, who really kind of came in. I had the first album might have been like 2010. I think so. I'm not sure. Um, the band formed in 2009. Okay, there you go. Twenty nine research. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad I got that right. <laughs> uh, so, so 2010 makes sense for a first release. So just uh, not like the rest of the rock stuff that was happening at that time. A lot of people compared them to like a. It's like an AM 70s type sound. Like they would compare them to Jackson Brown, which they sounded like a Jackson Brown cover band for a while. And uh, it turns out they had never heard Jackson Brown. <laughs> so that was a, that's a really interesting story that they tell. But in my opinion, this is the new Ryan Adams. Yeah. Um, because Melissa and I are also huge Ryan Adams fans, obviously. Uh, so Taylor ends up marrying Mandy Moore. Yeah, He's the better Ryan Adams because he's not emotionally abusive or a accused sexual predator. So that helps. That helps a lot. Um, <laughs> we need this guy as, to fill that void in our life. We needed a good Ryan Adams. Yeah, Taylor's actually a better songwriter. He is a hundred times better guitar player. His brother Griffin, I truly believe, and this is not hyperbole, I think he's the best rock drummer in music today. Very much like Charlie Watts from the Rolling Stones, who just passed away. You're never going to hear Griff like just go crazy and show off. It's all very subtle. It's in keeping with whatever the, the vibe of the album is. But like you can just focus in on him, and he's doing tricky stuff. He also has a couple patents on different things that he's connected to his kit. Like these guys are just like so underrated and amazing. They are. Melissa never mentioned this. I thought I was going to be talking about politics. And all of a sudden they walk into a bar, you know, and can I just say it? Taylor's a pretty good actor. I thought I said same thing. And, you know, I, one of the reasons I wanted to say for people with their head in the sand like me about Dawes, that they are a real band, is that I thought they were all so natural as actors that people might easily think, well, these people are 
are such good actors that they must be yeah. actors. They're just pretending to be a band. And not that they had to do anything, you know, exhibit like really wide range, but they seemed so natural and at Totally ease. natural. It didn't feel like they were saying lines at all. And it wasn't just like one of them spoke. Yeah. At least two of them spoke, if not all of them. Well, and it's not huge, but we've all seen like, okay, let's get the sports star or let's right. get the exactly. some other celebrity. And it's it's literally eight seconds, but it's so and uncomfortable. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. This this was not at all so smooth. Well, and this is like off topic, but Grant, you just blew my mind with that deep blue something story because my story was always <laughs> that I was working at Hastings in Pittsburgh one day and a couple of guys came in and they were like, do you remember the band uh, Deep Blue Something? And I was like, yeah, breakfast. <laughs> I think I did. And they were like, that's us. And my whole life I was like, did I meet the band Deep Blue Something or did I not? And now I know I met Grant's friends. <laughs> Very, that's incredible. That's it, like it's a 50, 50 choice. It could, that could have been my friend. But I, I bet it was. I mean, I never really I don't thought know what he would have been doing in Hastings in Pittsburgh. But well, yeah. but anyway, well, that always happened to me, and I thought that was nuts. So that's crazy. Anyway, but yes, we love Dawes. I'm wearing my Dawes t-shirt. I love that Dawes is married to Mandy Moore. I love when the two Not of the them. Not the whole band, just the, just the lead. Yeah, that's true. Just Taylor, Taylor Goldsmith. The two of them did a um, a cover of a song from A Walk to Remember. And I thought that was badass. That like, because Ryan Adams, I think, would have been much too, you know, quote unquote, cool to sing Only Hope with Mandy yeah. Moore. Or he would have done it by himself. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So it's just anyway, makes me super happy. Anyway, another fun little detail I found about Dawes or that I found interesting about Dawes. Their debut album was recorded on tape. Oh, wow. Analog, as opposed to, you know, everyone these days does digital, but they did it on tape. And at the beginning of this episode, before they'd even heard about Dawes, Crosby was telling Adam that they needed to buy analog equipment. I'm like, this feels like fate. You know, that Crosby is just walking along, talking about how we need analog equipment, and then a band that records on tape falls into their lap. That's perfect. Well, so obviously I haven't watched beyond this episode, so I don't know how the recording studio does. Um, I'm guessing it crashes and burns and they all lose their money because I can't imagine just like owning this recording studio and trying to feed your family that way. But maybe it didn't because as I'm watching this, I'm like, it sounds like they might have landed them. When was when did this episode air? Okay, it's early 2012. So if Dawes would have went into the studio immediately, they would have been recording Stories Never End, their 2013 album, Ooh, which was their this. highest charting album of all time. Not their best album, in my opinion, but it was kind of the one that where they broke through to the mainstream. So they might have had a nice little uh, bag of cash connected to that. They recorded <laughs> in that studio. I love that. Yeah. If you have others like Caleb who don't know Dawes, do not make that your introductory album. Um, even though it was their highest charting and probably made them their most money, I don't think it's the best album. But my gosh, most people is on that album. That's a great song. Listen to that song because that song sets the stage for what Dawes will become for the next like three albums. It, it's kind of, you really feel them maturing on that song. His writing is much more cynical and biting. He really steps up the overdrive on his leads. Like that's who Dawes is now. So this, they, they cut Dawes at a really interesting time. I agree. Yeah. It's pretty cool. What album should Dawes Virgins start with? Should they go chronologically or? My favorite is All, all Your Favorite Bands. It's a good one. 
And that's not everybody's favorite, but I, I just think the songwriting is the best on that for me personally. What's yours, Melissa? You got a choice? Yeah, it's actually the their debut. What was that one called again? The the very first one? Uh, North Hills? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I love that you one. Can't go wrong with that either. No, it's beautiful. There's not a bad album. No. Well, let's hear a little bit of Dawes in their scene with Crosby. You're with uh, Bayview Recording Studios, right? Oh, God, no. Uh, I left a few months ago. Yeah, not a good place. Well, uh, you know, it wasn't for me. It was not a good fit. It's pretty corporate over there. They, um, you know, they weren't great with the bands. All about the bottom line. And I didn't love it, so I, I started my own place, actually. Why, what's that? We're, uh... we're actually considering recording there. Oh, okay. Well, that's awkward. Uh, take it. I take it back. Then. Well, what's the deal over there? Because we're like minutes away from signing the dotted line. Yeah, we checked it out yesterday. We met with an engineer named uh, Brent. Is he good? Uh, um, Brent. He's, uh, you know, um, he's, uh, he's, he's, a, he's a really good engineer. He's, uh, you know, he's a good friend of mine. He, he'll do a great job, I think. Well, good luck with it. I I'm going to get back to my brother. Oh, Great seeing you guys. Yeah, man. What the hell is that all about? They have such good timing. <laughs> I really believed he couldn't remember that the engineer's name was Brent right off yeah. the bat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was just very natural. I called Mark and I'm like, look at how good Dawes is. And, you know, I really respect Crosby's conscience there. And I feel like he has the right impulse. I mean, relationships are so integral especially in a business like that. And, you know, he may not need Brent's friendship today, but he might need it in the future. Good point. And I don't think you want to burn that bridge. Also, you don't want to get a reputation as an operator. as like someone who just says whatever they need to say, mm -hmm. pits people against each other. This way, I think it may lose you some opportunities if you're not willing to be completely ruthless. But I think the alternative is riskier. That your reputation just gets tarnished. And I think what they ultimately did was a, a great balance. You know, he they didn't trash Brent, but you know, if you're going into business, any kind of business, you gotta believe that you have something to offer that's the best or or mm -hmm. unique. And you have to make that case to people. And I, I think you can do that without trashing other people. And I think they did. Yeah. I felt like that's exactly why they came back to the bar. Yeah. Because Crosby was, he showed that he had values and he had a conscience. They were like, hey, yeah. I think he even says that later. Taylor is like, is like, you know, I, I get it that that's your friend. But like, right. like just the fact that he had a conscience and handled that the way he did was probably why they got the baby. I agree. Ryan Adams would have hated that. Like, fuck, <laughs> fuck those guys. And not Dawes, because Dawes are good people. Good people. I just looked up the albums, and yes, North Hills is my favorite, although I also love Nothing Is Wrong. But I, I When My Time Comes is probably my favorite Dawes song, so I wanted to make sure that was on the... Yeah, <laughs> anyway. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Well, we do find out that they eventually landed Dawes when Crosby is sad and drunk at the end of the episode, and he tells <laughs> Lily, we got Dawes. But Crosby clearly has a lot on his mind in this episode because of some developments elsewhere in his life. Move in with me, Jasmine. I shot you. You're, you're shocked. Your eyes are big and you're shocked. Listen, I know it's fast, okay? I do. But I don't care. This is something that I've been thinking about a lot. 
Every time I go look at a house, okay, I imagine you in it. You, me, Jabbar, and I want you to know that I'm ready for this. I mean, so ready. In fact, I've never been more sure about being ready for something in my life, man. I just need you to say yes. <laughs> now, what do you guys think about him asking this question now? I have such a high opinion of Joe that I almost feel like a petty emotion, like jealousy is beneath him. <laughs> but do you think he's asking out of desperation? Do you think that he saw Jasmine looking at Crosby and his new girlfriend in the last episode and felt like, I got to lock this down? Wow. You know, that didn't even occur to me. Because the reasons he gave just there are, I buy that too. I mean, it's not unbelievable. I think it's all of it though. I, th I don't think he's lying or deceiving her. I think, you know, again, Whitman, <laughs> you know, we contain multitudes. I, I think that both can be true. I think that he truly loves her and wants to be with her. But I think that he is maybe also a little jealous and insecure, which is not my first thought when I thought of him because he does not carry himself like a jealous or insecure person, but he is only yeah. human and we all experience those thoughts from time Can to time. Can you imagine this rich, hot doctor who's really kind and good with kids being jealous of this Bradley Cooper wannabe? <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can yes. too. I, it's just funny. Because the it's woman just... he loves likes the Bradley Cooper wannabe. That... Yeah, it just yeah. goes to show you no one's immune. Anyway. Well, they yeah. have they have Jabbar together, you know. And also, that was a note that I made during this episode. I'm like, I think the whole purpose of Lily and Dr. Joe is presenting Crosby and Jasmine with their perfect mate. Like... If we, if you mm. could design in a lab, the person uh. who's perfect for you, here it is. But that's not exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> but that's not always what love is, right? Like love isn't just a checklist. Very good point. Thank you. And so I feel like wow. Jasmine and Crosby keep being like drawn to each other because even though they don't make as much sense on paper, they they love each other. I think that's pretty clear in this episode. So that's very well said. I think. How do you how do you make that better? <laughs> and also, I have zero to uh, to add to the storyline other than it's Lucifer's brother, the angel. Oh. That was all I thought about whenever he came on screen. So once again, adding to the cast yeah. is all in my life. Yeah. Well, a little detail I spied with my little eye <laughs> is that the listing Joe was showing Jasmine in the corner, it says that it's in Walnut Creek, which according to NeighborhoodScout.com, <laughs> is not <laughs> only among the most expensive real estate markets in California, but it consistently ranks among the most expensive in America. Wow. So wow. he is buying a really nice house. Even though later she says the house is in the Berkeley Hills. And from what I, I you know, I, I have not spent any time in that area. <laughs> but it looks like there is no Berkeley Hills section of Walnut Creek. They're separate. <laughs> they, they're, they're not far, but... They're not the same place. Look, anyway, they weren't they weren't counting on Caleb Poyer watching this and then making a podcast. <laughs> they were just like, no one's going to pay attention to this. Well, TV makers everywhere, be on guard. Be aware. I may do a podcast about your show next, and you need to cover these kinds of mistakes. Look yeah. out, Virgin River. Caleb's coming. <laughs> <laughs> Consider yourself warm. <laughs> I gobbled Virgin River up. Okay, let's keep going. <laughs> okay, the whole, so yeah. here's Jasmine breaking this news to Crosby. What did you want to talk to me about? Uh, 
Joe asked me to move in with him. That's, uh, that's pretty big. Yeah. Uh, what about Jabbar? Obviously, that's something you and I need to discuss. Are you asking my permission, or...? No, no. Just opening it up for discussion. Well, that's, uh, that's a lot of change, and, you know, we have moved him around a whole lot last year. My opinion, I, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I hear you. But the house is in the Berkeley Hills, so he'd still be close to his friends and to school, and the house is actually right up the street from that great park with, you know, the soccer So park. you already found a house. Why, why are we even having this conversation? Well, I didn't find the house. Joe found the house. And I haven't said yes yet. He's been looking to buy for a while. And whether or not I'm included in this house is still up for discussion. That's why I'm here, because I didn't want to make a decision without talking to you first. Well, you know, you could have, have started by saying, we found a house. Because you did find a house, right? You guys have... I'm just right, trying no, to have right, an adult right. conversation okay. here about okay, this. Okay. That's all. Look, it's fine. I know this is a lot to process. So take some time, think about it. I'll do the same, and we'll come back together in a couple of days. And talk about it. Okay? Okay. So is it, uh, is it nice, the house? It's, um, it's nice. I hadn't thought much about that misbegotten house of, that Crosby bought yeah. since last season. This is our first time seeing it, right? Like all refurbished? I mean, it might be. I think so. I don't think we've been in there. But right at the end when he said, so is it nice, the house? I suddenly thought of it and I did feel bad for him because it just like, you know, he doesn't have the means to buy an impressive house like Joe can, but he did put his heart and soul into that house. And, and even though it was not really a valid method of winning Jasmine back, it was at least sincere, and I just think, oh, it's a tough feeling when when you're kind of confronted with your own inadequacy yeah. compared to someone else. Yeah. Like you and Joe are having a house buying contest. We're going to lose every time. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. But, but here is this uh, giant sex toy looking thing at the end of the episode. I was going to put in, like, if you want to jump forward to that, like, what? It was a doorknob? Yeah. Double-ended marital I had the show. <laughs> They tried to figure out what he was handing her. <laughs> well, and, you know, that sort of, like, I wish we'd seen more of that when he was trying to buy her the house anyway, because Jasmine didn't want a big gesture. Yeah. She wanted to be able to trust him and know that he was a thoughtful uh, person. And, like, the fact that she's a, you know, ballet dancer and he built this thing out of, I'm like, you know, when it would have been helpful to show her that a year ago when you were trying to win yeah, her back. Yeah, I had the same thought. I was like, isn't it funny that this tiny little thing means, clearly, means so much more to her than the whole house did. Yeah. That doorknob was really thoughtful yes. and really specific. Yeah. And the house was kind of impulsive and general. Yeah. And if you're listening and you haven't seen this or don't remember it, Caleb said tiny little thing. It's tiny relative to an entire house. It is, <laughs> it is not tiny. It's the largest. It's, the lar it's like the size of a small car. And it's a doorknob. Should be called a more knob. <laughs> oh. I'm also like, how, how does that work? Like, knob. wouldn't you be? 
<laughs> Wouldn't you be distracted every time you tried to open the door with that? It would take two hands. <laughs> well, but it's, no, one one goes on one side, what, right? Yeah. It was like this giant cylinder. I understand how doorknobs work. <laughs> you like, <do>. thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anyway. Well, doorknob aside, I, I do have a question about their last scene. I want to move in with him. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. Anything else? <laughs> um, congratulations. That's not what I mean. Look, you know how I feel about yanking Jabbar around. So if you're saying it's serious, I trust you. Uh, we still have some work left to do. There's a 30-day escrow, so I was thinking about holding off on telling him until we're closer to the move-in date. Mm -hmm. You know how hard it is for him to process things until they're happening. Right. That's a good idea. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, thanks for uh, being mature about this. You're what? Oh, I have something for you. Hold on one second. But my question was this. Did you detect like a weird almost test that Jasmine was oh, yeah. subjecting Crosby to in this scene. Like she almost wanted to, she see wanted to fight. say, no, don't do it. I'm not positive that that was over or that we were supposed to pick up on it, but I kind of did. Because if you were just like hoping to get like we're on the same page, as soon as he said, okay, you would have been like, bet, I'm out. He didn't, he didn't argue with me. We're good. Yeah. yeah. And she, that's not what she wanted. Yeah. And her saying like, I'm not going to tell Jabbar yet. It almost seemed like Crosby, if you change your mind, you've yeah. got time to... That's a little child abuse. Like like we said, well, we don't want him to adjust too soon or whatever. So yeah, like you're going to tell him the day before you move? Like <laughs> like you said, put all your clothes in a bag, Jabbar. Are we going back to live with dad? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but it is close to that part. <laughs> no, totally. You know, it's so funny too, because last season... All Jasmine wanted was for him to leave her alone, and he wouldn't. He was, like, fighting for her in a way that was, I felt, uncomfortable because she was like, yeah, we're never getting back together. This isn't happening. Leave me alone. And he's like, but I love you. I bought you a house. And it's like, what? And now it seems like the opposite, where some healing has happened, some time has passed. They've even slept together once. It's pretty oh, obvious. Yeah, I know. It's pretty obvious that she is like into him. Only this time he's like, I'm not going to fight for you. I've learned my lesson. I'm letting you go, beautiful butterfly. And it's like, what? Like, <laughs> And I think it I think it just spurs her on. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I do think that. Because now it's, and I guess that's the irony of it. Yeah. That now, now that he won't fight for her, is that's what makes her realize He's changed? Perhaps He's changed. Yeah. Well, and I guess that's not really that ironic. No. Well, she wanted him to change. She she wanted to see him some maturity and some putting her needs above his own impulses. Yeah. Oh. And he is doing it, even though oh. that means, oh, I want you to be happy with, with him and I'll just sit back. <laughs> so, yeah. And I'm not giving away a spoiler since I'm totally just trying to guess what happens next. Oh, yeah. Good. For anybody listening. But he obviously is in the same thing. He's trying to do this as a chance to trying to get back with her. Because he did the thing that I hate, whether it's on TV or in real life. And if this is what they're the emotion they were trying to get, then Dak Shepard did a great job acting it. But that thing where it's like, we know he's pissed off. We know he doesn't want this. But he's like, yeah, well, I mean, what did you think I was going to say? It's like, well, I thought you were going to say anything but what you just said based on however many years of you doing this. Yeah. No, whatever. I'll be fine with me. Like, yeah. So that's where this is headed. Yeah. Are you asking for my permission? Like, yeah. No. 
recasting question. Yeah. Would Taylor Goldsmith be better as Crosby? <laughs> I think he'd be, would he be more great. believable. Uh, he'd be really good. He would believe he that sung he's a... wheels on the bus more in tune. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. It's true. Caleb has pointed out that every time Dax Shepard has been asked to sing, he's remarkably tone deaf for someone who, you know, is a musician. So that's pretty great. I just want to say, so if Jasmine was kind of putting Crosby to the test there, I think that's kind of messed up. Yeah. Don't play games. Yeah. You want something, say it. Don't test him. I mean, I understand it, yeah, but don't totally respect it. I guess I'm a little torn. I wasn't really thinking she was testing him until you brought that up, and then both of you were very convincing. So I think I was like, yeah, but now I'm I'm questioning it. I think she might just be really torn, you know, like. And she might. I believe she might not even know she's really doing. Yeah, it. I'll give her. Mm, I'll okay. cut her that slack. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I interrupted you. Continue. Well, no, I mean, I like. What do you do when you're presented with factory made perfect for you person and you know you should you're like this is the path I should take I should move in with Dr. Joe who has never cheated on me and is very reliable (laughs) you know like that's what you should do probably but I think that she's really taken aback by how difficult moving on has proven to be I think she meant it last season when she was like we're never getting back together I'm I'm over Crosby I think it's surprising her that, the, you know, it's it's harder than she thought to move on. And so I, I don't know that it's a straightforward, yeah, like conscious thing she's doing. I think she's maybe just putting it to the universe, like, is this the right thing? Should I be doing this? Somebody stop me if it isn't, you know? And, and so I, I think she's really at a crossroads. That's what I think. That's a good point. Because I remember at the end of last season when she told Julia, I'm just so angry. I don't think I'm ever going to not be angry. And I feel like everyone can relate to sometimes when you're dealing with stuff and you're feeling, especially those really negative emotions. Yeah. When you're in the thick of them, it does feel like that is the only way you will feel forever. Yeah. And we're always wrong about that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully. Yeah. And I think she was wrong about. No, you're not always going to be angry at him. And once you're not, maybe you'll actually be really not angry at him. Yeah. Yeah. And then maybe you'll remember the other stuff. Yeah. I mean, they're using a trope here, but trope sounds like a negative word. It shouldn't be because when shows like this play on, you know, human emotions that we have all been through and that we all feel, that's a good thing. Yeah. You know, that's the, that's the art of when television is doing their, their job correctly. Yeah. And so playing on the, she cheated on him. So there's the negativity that goes with that, but her little bit of redeeming quality that she could find was that he still wanted her back. Hmm. So like if somebody cheats on you, but they don't want you back, that's just devastating. Yeah. You know, so she was kind of able to hang on to, but he wants me back. And yeah. now he's cool. You know, yeah. now he's like, okay, I've been, all right, we worked through this. I'm going to give you what you want. You can be free. That's a little bit of a, whether it happened five years ago or two days ago, that's a break. Yeah. And, which is, which is scary. That's like, that's the little thing I was holding on to is he cheated on me, but he wanted me back. So it wasn't me. Yeah. You know, now, now he doesn't want me back. So it's like, ugh. Damn. Man. That's good. Yeah. That's so interesting. Well, and if only she could have been in the room when Crosby was drunkenly talking to Lily, because then she would know, oh, I've got this. <laughs> Lily is but yeah. a filler for me. <laughs> yeah. And I felt really bad for Lily in that moment. Although I don't feel like he said anything. I think if he had been sober, <laughs> he might not have told Lily. Yeah. But I, I don't think Lily thinks he feels nothing. 
for Jasmine. Yeah. I thought that was all a very fair adult conversation. Yeah. Even, even though it was a little bit drunk, I don't think he like offended Lily. Yeah. He yeah. wasn't, he wasn't totally pining over his ex. Yeah. It was like just the, these are the emotions I'm feeling. Like that was in that scene, but that was my most respecting Crosby scene of the whole show. Wow. He's <laughs> like, this, I'm being honest. I'm an adult. This is what's up. I'm into you. I had yeah. a bad breakup, you know, and now she's moving in with this guy and that's weird. Yeah. And I think I think he did end that scene by saying, you know, you're so nice, Lily. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I, but that felt like a consolation. Like, I think she was like, yep, I'm the nice one. I'm not the one you're, you're in nice. love with. And Jasmine is, yeah, maybe that's. Yeah, Jasmine broke my heart, but you're nice. <laughs> maybe yeah. you won't break my heart because I won't <laughs> love you as much. You know, <laughs> so anyway. Well, let's move on to Julia. And I think one of our predictions from the last episode has come true. Well, mystery solved. Yeah, I mean, at least she left a note. Yeah, such economy with words. Yeah, you want to talk about this? No, there's nothing to talk about. She moved out. And we have our room back. Nice to have the space. Huh? Yeah. That's going to be okay. No, it's not going to be okay. Joel, she moved out, she quit her job. Why would she do that? I don't know, maybe she just needed some separation. No. Maybe she needed to make peace with this decision. She wants to keep the baby, she's freaking out. Like I said last time, I would never have thought that Zoe would change her mind until she said, I don't want you to worry about this. Yeah. <laughs> and then I would immediately start worrying, yeah. as Julia has. Yeah. I, I did think it was a good decision that what really startled Zoe into leaving was Sydney being so straightforward. Like, I'm going to name my baby brother Andy. You think that's a good name? Where's Andy going to sleep? Is Andy going to sleep with you? Are you still going to be here once Andy is born? <laughs> you know, I could just see how that would like really startle the hell out of her. Like she has to think about the future. They've all just been pretending in a way that they can be in the suspended reality of her being pregnant forever and just be friends with Julia and Joel and, and having breakfast together. And they haven't really thought, yeah, what happens when the baby is born? Should Zoe immediately move out? Yeah, I think it makes sense that once she really started to think about this, she was like, I should I should move out now before that happens. I, I yeah. yeah. Similarly, I don't think Sydney is really thinking ahead that then her brother's name would be Andy Graham. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good. No, it's not. <laughs> That's so great. But yes, I, I, that. I agree with everything you said. And I thought her urge to be more self-reliant when she is facing having to move on after the birth totally by herself felt really understandable. Yeah. For anyone who's wondering, an incompetent cervix is when the cervix opens too early mm. during the pregnancy. Hence huh. bed rest. You know, you should really probably not be lugging heavy things upstairs yeah. when your cervix is yeah. dilated. Ugh, tell oh. me about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Incompetent cervix could also be a good band name, by the way. Oh. Probably a punk band. True. It kind of reminds me of frozen embryos from my so-called life. <laughs> <laughs> they can play a show. They can be on a, on a ticket together. Yes. Perfect. Well, let's talk about Joel's scene with Zoe at the end. So I guess Julia told you about the incompetent cervix thing. But seriously, I'm fine. You know, so thanks for stopping yeah, by. Look, and... look I, Julia doesn't know I'm here. But there's a question I got to ask you. And my wife's too scared to, but I'm too scared not to. 
Okay. Are you changing your mind about the baby? No. No? No. You sure? Just be honest. It's going to be hard, but if, I mean, if we go much further into this, my wife, it's just going to, it's going to tear her apart, Zoe. Okay, well, I'm not changing my mind. Okay, then, so... then what is it? What is it? Why'd you move out? Because I need my own space. This is why I wanted to close the adoption in the first place, and I told her that. I need my own space. I need to be separate. The baby's gonna come, and then what? I understand. So you're okay. I'm fine. Here, just, here's some, here's 30 bucks. I don't need your money, okay? Right, just take it anyway, won't you? It's gonna be fine. I promise. My first thought is just that 30 bucks is such a sad amount to like yeah. <laughs> just pass out. It's like, it's all I've got on me right now. And how interesting it was that her boyfriend, you know, wanted <laughs> them to pay her for the baby. And they were like, that's illegal. But now Joel's like, here's 30 bucks. I know it's not the same thing. <laughs> it's like he's trying to like reimburse her for groceries because they would have bought the groceries if she'd been living mm -hmm. with them. I don't know. That those are just my very shallow first superficial thoughts. I guess my my bigger thoughts are that she's right, you know, and and she's being more mature than they are, you know, and and it's so sad to me that they have this really sweet friendship, like almost like a family that they've developed, but it is contingent on her being pregnant, and and that's temporary, and then it's like she's going to be replaced in their lives with her baby, and that's. I think unbearably painful for her to, to think about. It's not just giving up the baby. It's also giving them up. And so I, I can see where she's, and the whole thing about, I told her, this is why I wanted a closed adoption. I'm glad she said that because that was good consistency from the beginning of the, the season. And they, they got so far away from that, that it was like the absolute opposite of what she wanted. She wanted something clean and tidy. And now it's the messiest thing ever. Yeah. So yeah. What were your thoughts? I, I just, I felt like there was so much more for those characters to discuss. It's not that I didn't buy it, because I feel like a lot of conflict in life comes from us not really tackling the mm. issues yeah. that need to be addressed just because we know they're difficult. Yeah. And I think they have just avoided this conversation of what happens when the baby is born. What happens to Zoe? Yeah. And she raises that right there. And yeah. Joel's response is, I understand. I'm like, no, no, no. That is the jumping off point. Have a talk. I, I, I think you need to actually answer that. What do you think is going to happen to Zoe after that moment? Yeah. He doesn't even try. I feel like nothing's been resolved here, which is kind of a hallmark of Julia and Joel's arguments. So yeah. maybe this is consistent in that way. I think it is. All I see that has actually happened is that Zoe has assured them yet again that they'll get what they're after as if that's the only thing that matters. I, I just came away from it feeling a little bit like Joel was just entirely self-interested. Like I felt like his concern for her was almost, I don't want to like impugn his integrity, but I didn't totally think his concern for her was genuine. It seemed like his concern was for Julia. Like if you're going to change your mind, that's going to be really hard on her. Part of it I get because Julia is his wife and that's his job yeah. to look out for her and protect her. Yeah. But I just thought, I don't know. I wanted 
I wanted a lot more from this interaction and I didn't get it. I, I'm with you. I want to believe that they truly care about her for her. But, you know, that one episode where it was unclear if they were going to get the baby after all, Julia was so harsh with her. <laughs> you know, I would have been a great mother to your baby. And then she slams the doors, like, get off my porch. You know, she's so, like, mean <laughs> in those scenes that sometimes I'm like, am I just tricking myself into believing that they've created some sort of family? Is it just... I mean, the, the clip that you played before where, you know, they get the note and Julia's freaking out. She really only seems worried that Zoe's changed her mind. She's not like, she's out there eight months pregnant. Is she going to be okay? No, she says those things she to Zoe. She quit her job. She moved, like, what's Yeah, no. yeah. She's just worried about, are we going to get the baby? And I get that that might be your top priority, but... Do they not see how adorable Rosa Salazar is? Like, she's so winning and like, you just have to love her. Like, why? why? I don't know. She's not just a vessel. She's a human being. She, yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I worry that, yeah, they're not concerned enough for her. Like, what What the hell is she going to do? She she doesn't have a job. She doesn't have money. Not 30 bucks. Not $30. Is gonna, yeah. <laughs> you know, so... I guess to be continued, because you're right, nothing's resolved. I do think they're definitely now sort of broadcasting like this is heading somewhere not good. Yeah, it does mm. seem like that. And then I guess for people who've never seen it before, the question you got to ask yourself is, is that a fake out? Or is it exactly what it feels like it's heading towards? Yeah. Because TV could do either. Yep. Yep, that's true. Well... Let's move on to the original reason we asked Grant on this episode. The campaign story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Grant, I know you have run for public office. What office did you run for? When, Uh, where? State representative for the first district of Kansas, 2012? It was. 2012? Yeah. Yeah. Feels like a lifetime ago. Oh, yeah. The year this aired. That's crazy. Whoa. I remember marching in a parade for you. Oh, like wearing, yeah. Wearing a Grant Randall for State Rep t-shirt. and kicking I wonder out. where those are. They have to be in a box somewhere. I bet they are. I think I still have mine. I should have worn that today. Yeah. <laughs> so now you were running for a statewide office. Yes, in a small state like Kansas. And Bob Little is running for a citywide office in a yeah. large city like Berkeley. But still... Yeah. By your judgment, do you think the scale of his campaign looked <laughs> believable? Or I didn't want to offend anyone because whenever you call out something like that on a show, especially a show that you love, no, do it. No, no, <laughs> nobody running for. I don't care if you're in Manhattan. Nobody has staff in a like a multi-room office running for city council. It's it completely insane. Yeah. Okay. That was I. That was both of our Who is funding assumptions, that? but you know we didn't know <laughs> yeah. at all. Yeah. I mean, unless he's like independently wealthy or like there's something going on there. In the last what? episode, they did have a fundraiser, and he raised like a hundred and thirty thousand dollars in one night. Is that is no? <laughs> Good God, no! That's I got more. My claim to fame is in 2012 for that district in Kansas. As a Democrat, I got more votes than Barack Obama did. Whoa. Wow. That would have been double my campaign budget, what he raised for city council at one at one night. Man. Um, I was also a horrible, horrible fundraiser. Obviously not as good as he is. But Well, I think you might be not smarmy enough. <laughs> Honestly, 
there, there are things, there are decisions. I'm not, I don't want to make myself into a saint by any means, but that was part of it. It's like, I was running, especially like Cherokee County at one time was like the poorest County in the country, not just Kansas. Yeah. And it's all about money. And they're just like, well, you need to get out there and fundraise. And I'm like, how do I ask the poorest people yeah. in the country to yeah. give me money so I can represent I no funds? Yeah. Like, let, let yeah. me work for you, but can you give me 20 bucks for it? Can you give me 30 bucks? Like, sorry, <laughs> <to go back laughs> let me give you 30 bucks. such a chiseler. Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do now, it. How big was your staff? <laughs> paid? Paid staff? Yeah. Zero. You don't have paid staff at that level. Yeah. After you've won the office, you could have people who are already working for you. You know, like at that point, you will have a couple of employees and they could work for you then on your campus, but you're not going to have paid staff. Wow. Now, how many interns did you promote to your personal assistant <laughs> so that you might be able to sleep with them farther <laughs> than line? Three, th- I would say three and a half. Yeah, yeah, that's because, bad. like, yeah, the last one that wasn't the plan, it just happened. Right. You know, it was kind of organic. So <laughs> I did, I didn't promote her for that specific reason. It just oh, happened. Okay, just a quick yeah. success. Well, nice to know that part was yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally accurate. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta say, you know, <laughs> Melissa, you mentioned that the first time you watched this show, you kind of shipped Bob and Amber. You I were do like, not oh, anymore. Yeah, saying? it's horrific. This is incredibly concerning. I was really yeah. disgusted this this episode. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember having that reaction to them, like that I wanted it to happen. I think maybe I just thought that like Amber's behavior was kind of immature. But yeah, at this time I had a totally different, Bob swooping yeah. in and making her assistance. It just, I was like, this is downright wrong. It made me really dislike Bob. Yeah. Like last episode, you were like, do you like Bob? Do you see why she might like him? And and now I'm just like, I think there should be alarm bells going off. Yeah. All over. If I were Amber, I there would. But I, I think maybe if you were her and you did feel some genuine attraction and connection, which I think maybe she does. Yeah, I think she does. She, she does. does. She does. Yeah. Maybe that would just be enough to where you wouldn't. And she's not oblivious to it, clearly. In this yeah, episode. Clearly. she's torn and everything. That's fascinating, though, that you two, you know, would have seen this in 2012. Yeah. And like how different is the reaction in 2012 versus 2021? Yeah. Interesting. Or between a 25 year old and a 35 year old or. Yeah. yeah. In my case. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it the yeah, times? Is it our age? Is it both? I was is, in my know. late 20s when I watched this versus 40 now. And maybe I just felt closer to her age. Although she, I mean, Grant, she, her character just graduated from high school. So she's like eight, 18 or 19 years old. Yeah. yeah which ew. is even, yeah, worse. Of course he looks like he's 12. How old is he? <laughs> I, I'm guessing he's supposed to be about 28. That's my guess. Okay. I yeah. Don't know. That would be my guess too. Yeah. Mark Sear age. Yeah, I know. I thought that mother and daughter have like similarly aged love interests right now. I, <laughs> I that is really wild. But I was really troubled for so many reasons. But I think one of them, which I'd never picked up on before, is he kept phrasing things like I, I felt like it was never an option for her to be his assistant and not be in a relationship with him. Like well, it happened immediately. It happened immediately. And when he like goes to her house with the soup, the way that he phrases oh, yeah. that, he's like, you know, she's like, did you give this to me because I deserve it or because you want to sleep with me? And his answer essentially in, in the most like charming way possible is, well, it's both. 
it's both. You're good at your job and I want to sleep with you. You know, and he makes it sound like, I mean, are you ready to return to work and to all this? It's never like if you're not comfortable. Yeah. He's never like if you're not comfortable with this, you could just be my assistant and we'll pretend like I never kissed you. I'm so sorry. I crossed a line. I'll never do that again. He never says anything like that. He makes it seem like they are linked. If you are my assistant, you are also sleeping with me. And he doesn't seem concerned at all that she's squatting in an abandoned warehouse. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Her, her apartment scared me. It's pretty- but yeah, sorry, back to back to him. No, there's actually a whole storyline where her apartment is terrifies there- her, her mom. Yeah, she's like, what is this murder house? Of yeah. course it does, because yeah. it's Lauren Graham. Yeah. God bless her. God bless anyway. her. Well, let's listen to that scene, because I didn't interpret it that way, but I was unsure if I was interpreting it correctly. I don't know if I can do this and work for you. I don't know. You know, my aunt gave me this incredible opportunity and I have to be careful. Amber. Also, I have to ask you, did you give me this job because you thought I would be good at it or because you want to sleep with me? You are smart, and you are funny, and you think for yourself. That's why I gave you the job, Amber. And to be honest, that's that's why I kissed you. You are tough, but you have this vulnerability about you that is just incredible. So I hope you will come back to work and not walk away from this. That's so swarmy. Yeah. Because I had a different read on it, which I, I'm realizing is incorrect. But even my read wasn't positive. Good. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, I was so proud of Amber for flat out asking him the question. Yeah, good that for her. That would be terrifying, I think. Yeah. yeah. But I didn't feel like he answered her, certainly not satisfactorily. And I, I'm sometimes wary of the term gaslighting because I feel like it's creeped into just people having different perceptions of the same event. This is but very true. it felt like it to me because I felt like his reaction was basically, I can't believe you'd think that's why I promoted you. Yeah. When that is a very reasonable way of looking at that promotion. Yeah. And yeah, I just like agree on a time after the campaign is over when you will revisit this attraction or something and keep it purely professional until then. And I don't know, then then you can date. Or maybe Amber will really prove her mettle at the job and feel confident enough in it to keep working for him. And, and then maybe then the relationship can feel delineated from it. Or so, I don't know. It just, it felt like nothing was actually improved by her addressing it. But I was not making sense of his last comment. And not walk away no. from this. It that didn't from seem this. that didn't seem like, <laughs> like job. I hope you'll I hope you'll come back to work and you'll date me. Yeah. Well there's no No, I feel like that's exactly what she was trying to bring up with him. And then he was just like, Yep. These are the terms of your new <laughs> These position. Are the terms. Yeah. That's I think what he's saying. And that Yeah, that is fucked up. Yeah. And I never <laughs> yeah. I never saw that before when I was no younger. gray area here. I mean, that feels villainous. Yes. It is. It is. And like almost so. intentional. Like, is the show trying to make us afraid of him? Because I well, am. That's, yeah, this is where, like this, of all the storylines, now that I know Dawes doesn't come back, this is, <laughs> uh, 
this is the storyline that's most interesting to me to follow because it really gets into, but you asked me to come on for the political thing. So something that's interesting, something I've probably never mentioned before is there is a certain, even at first district Kansas level, which is the lowest level you could possibly go of X list celebrity. There's a certain power that comes with it. That's not a, uh, you know, it's not a Harvey Weinstein type power or Louis C.K., but it definitely is in that vein of, you know, power dynamics. You know, it's it's a Foucault power dynamic is what it is. Like, I'm not the guy who had people sliding into my DMs all the time. <laughs> when I ran for office, I promise you there were some moms of like people like that I knew sliding wow. into the DMs. Wow. Like, and it, because, and, and it wasn't even like in a gross way. It was like, hey, you're single. I'm single. Obviously, you got some stuff going on. Like, hey, yeah. you want to you know, grab a beer type thing? Like it elevates you in this really gross kind of way that you could take advantage of. So that's immediately where my head yeah. is like, oh, this guy is just like, and he's not even, he's not even pausing. It's not like three weeks in and it's a late night and they've had some drinks. He's like, hey, you got a promotion, by the way, let's make out. Yeah, immediately. And I, again, it's interesting, you all watching it 10 years ago and what your response was. My response is very much tainted by my own experience in 2021. And just being like, oh, this guy's a villain from, yeah. just from the jump. He's a horrible person, which means he's probably going to win. <laughs> you know, I am fascinated at how just how much context matters. You know, I think we've talked yeah. about this before. There was a storyline last season with um, Lauren Graham's character dating her boss. And at least they were the same age, but it was still like this creepy sort of power dynamic. And and we were like, you know, watching this after the Me Too movement and everything, it just colors everything. And yeah. and I, I think it colors everything. I think I was a lot more naive nine years ago. And and I think oh, that- Oh God, yes. Yeah. And I don't think Not I really- you. Right. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but all of us, right? And like yeah. for many reasons. But I think I was just like, oh, look at their cute banter. Oh, and it's kind of forbidden. They shouldn't be together. I think I was really filtering it through those lenses. And now all I can see is the power imbalance, how all of his actions have been very strategic, you know, mm. and and how she is trying to like get straight answers and he is sidestepping them and making it seem like the the job and, and the relationship can't you, know, you can't separate the two which i find so troubling it'd be different if he kissed her once i mean he still shouldn't have done that but i think it'd be different if he kissed her once and then was like i'm so sorry that was a mistake please yeah. still have this job because you're so great at it with christine and, yeah, um, he doubles down yeah yeah he does he doubles down so it was and really i felt awful. like i mean and i think she definitely was encouraging him along the way that sounds bad but it it didn't it wasn't non-consensual like i think she's into him but that doesn't mean it's ethical that's fair and like i for instance i wondered when she um you know she's there late and he's there late and she asks if he remembers meeting her yeah i mean she's throwing out like she's fishing for oh, yeah. compliments she is flirting but I, yeah but i also thought do you think that was maybe her way disguised in a flirtatious attitude of trying to gauge if his interest in her was purely superficial. Mm. Like, was it like, you know, you don't even remember <laughs> when I started here, you just want to sleep with me. Do you think that was maybe her trying to figure out if it was that, or do you actually want to date me because you like me or. So it could go even more. It could be even darker than that. It, the way I looked at it now, especially knowing that she's 18 and just out of high school, 
there is an element of, well, he's flirting, he's throwing these things out. And I think about myself at that age, it's like, well, is this how grownups talk? Oh, and yeah. Now, it, this is how this, this guy's the boss and he's good looking and he's kind of playing this game. Well, maybe I'm just playing the game. Maybe I'm just, I'm just the back and forth. This is how we do things now. Yeah. Cause she's a yeah. child. Yeah. She's a child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, so yeah, that dynamic, that power dynamic is just heavy there. Something I find fascinating. I'm just going to bring this up. The whole Monica Lewinsky situation. What I find most interesting about that is at the time of that happening, late 90s, the general consensus, I think, no matter if people judged him for that or, you know, I think people thought, well, she's an adult, he's an adult, you know, like she was 22 and and they acted like it was two consenting adults yeah. embarking on a relationship. And I think now- Power dynamic was never discussed. Never discussed. I And I think no. that's a totally different conversation. And she was a whore. Right, yeah. She was a yeah. temptress and yeah, who- he, could, he couldn't even help himself. Yeah. And now I think the conversation is like, well, he was the president of the United <laughs> yeah. States. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she was an intern. And, you know, also yeah. <laughs> she was half his age. And, you know, just like all of the. Yeah. It's, they were it, in the Oval Office. Right. And I think now she's even questioned things. Like she said when she was that, you know, she used to say, well, it was my fault, you know, I, I it, at least, yeah. yeah. And she would, and yeah. I think now she's like, I don't know, fuck that noise. You know, I think she's yeah. now like, I don't know about that. I I mean, you know, it, it wasn't, it's not so black and white as saying, you know, Bob Little or, you know, Bill Clinton are like, it's not rape, right? But that doesn't mean that's the only bad behavior, you know, like yeah. manipulation is bad and like, taking advantage of someone much younger and like using your power to like influence. I, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's. Well, and in both of those cases, it wasn't just age. It was also career dynamics. Right. Yeah. Well, and I felt like with Amber, you know, I was wondering, does she, does she even know that this is inappropriate what he's doing? But then yeah. like in the scene with Christina, when Christina was joking that Bob sent her flowers or asking how her first day went and, Amber was clearly so uncomfortable. Yeah. I thought she knows. And I, I just felt like, come on, Amber, <laughs> you know, get, get out of there. Cause you, cause oh, I could yeah, tell. Yeah, yeah. It was a great scene. I could tell yeah. how conflicted she was. And I was like, listen to that little voice in your head because it's right. It's telling you, yeah. you're not crazy for thinking, I'm not sure this is on the up and up. And Bob certainly doesn't seem like he's going to stop. No. Let's do another context. It's 2012. Uh, if it's 2021, she's 18. She just got this promotion. She can leave and she's going to be fine. Yeah. In fact, people are going to have her back. Now she's kind of in it in 2012. Yeah. That could be like pick a different career path if you're out now. Yeah. Like they know that so many things are dangerous right around that time. Yeah, pe yeah, people didn't call these things out back then. Like they they didn't yeah. they didn't call them out. She, she would yeah she wouldn't have felt like she could. I bet. No, there's no way she would have. And she probably has, yeah, a totally different context in her head. Like, my students talk about consent in a way that, like, at the beginning of my teaching career, that was never a word that was tossed around. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, just, just growing up and a decade later can make a huge difference in how you see relationships and and uh, what is considered healthy or what's considered toxic or abusive or gaslighting. I mean, gaslighting is not a term anybody used in 2012, I feel like. Not, yeah. I, mean, I mean, there was a movie about it, but like, you know, it wasn't like everyone was was aware of what that even was. 
So yeah. Or that there was this idea in people's heads, which I mean, I, which I think still persists to this day, that someone taking advantage of someone is a monster, right? And will seem like they have spooky horns coming out of their head and stuff. Mm-hmm. Not a young, attractive, friendly. Ah. <laughs> charming campaign person kind of an aw shucks personality i mean bob little's whole vibe is like oh hey amber yeah i could never forget you he just seems like harmless you you're right because as the behavior is still inappropriate yeah yeah as apparent as the inappropriate behavior was caleb is spot on because i even followed it a little longer than i should have just with his aw shucks yeah because i was almost like well maybe he's just as innocent maybe he doesn't know either yeah. Because they, they really, which is great. I love that they create that kind of character to do this and not just like the apparent villain. Right. So that's, yeah. But the the, the good thing is that this is going to end well because <laughs> her mom is Lauren Graham. Yeah. And you know that she has instilled in her strength and values and she, she's going to make it through this. Yeah. I don't know. Last year, her mom dated her boss. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. But no, I think, uh, yeah. It was really lovely to get that one scene of them talking on the phone. And yeah, yeah it was heartbreaking, though. She was so proud of her. And yeah, Amber yeah. felt all conflicted. And oh, yeah. I wonder, though, I mean, are were we supposed to think that conversation? Well, I think we were that that conversation is what spurred Amber to kind of call in sick for the rest of the day. I think so. And go home oh, yeah. and then have the courage to say, because her mom said, no, you got this because it's you and you're special. And Amber felt like, in what way does Bob think I'm special? Right. Yeah. Right. It's not the way I want to be thought of as special in that environment, yeah. is it? Yeah. And I also feel so bad because it, Amber already had a job at the campaign. So it's not even mm. like, oh, she's scratched and clawed her way into that campaign to get the lowest level job. No, the person running the campaign is her aunt. And her aunt gave her a job and Amber was happy in the job. Yeah. It's like, yeah. why can't she just have stayed there? Like, why couldn't Bob have just left her there where she would excel and feel? Because he's grooming her. And yeah. It's much easier yeah. to leave. You're so right. If yeah, you're yeah. in that low level position, you just got a raise and a promotion. Yeah. yeah. So now you kind of got to make out with me now. And now you're going to spend all your time with me instead of with your aunt. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 And even that other girl who worked on the campaign who went to Harvard for undergrad and grad and is now working on the city council campaign on the other side. (laughs) (laughs) But when she says, like, congrats on your promotion, Bob wants to see you in his office. I mean, it's so clear. And Amber knows it's clear. And now Amber has to, she knows that she is embodying this stereotype that other people are putting on her. But it's like, well, you can't really argue with it if you do go in there and make out with him. Yeah. But how can she put that genie back at the bottom? Like nah, he's not, no, put, you can't. he has not put her in a position to really be able to do that and salvage this great opportunity that she had. Ugh, it's awful. I, I hate it. And that's exactly what this is. You know, Amber, it's consensual, but she doesn't fully know the, the, consequences of this. I don't think she's thinking it all the way through. She's kind of got a crush, I think. And and he needs to be the grown-up because he is. What's she supposed to do when her boss leans in and kisses her? If if she stops it, she's fired. And when she tries to go home, he comes and brings her soup, which is associated with romantic comedies and him being a good guy. You know? Yes, it's like, that's a good point. Yeah, it's just really, it's awful. And I think yeah, I bought gosh. into that first time I watched this. I thought, yeah, he's sweet. I like him. And it's ironic that like when Christina gives her the promotion 
She says, I'm going to give you a hug. I know it's totally inappropriate, but I just. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My gosh, this is like so the most innocent thing that this family member of hers who got her (laughs) the original job is like, it's inappropriate for me. Another woman to hug you. Like on a on a lighter note, what was up with like jokester Christina in this episode? You know, like she was like, "Oh, they're from Bob." Just kidding. They're they're from your mom. And then earlier, she was like, "I'm sorry, you don't have this job anymore. You have a better one." I'm like, "This is not what Christina usually does." Like the whole, it felt like very um, convenient to the plot because it just mirrored. Amber's intense anxiety the whole time. It's just like fucking with her, but she didn't know. <laughs> you see, she's so happy that she got her niece. This, this, you know, which which is just setting you up for eventually. That's yeah. going to be so heartbreaking. Yeah. When the it's truth comes out. So sad. And she's so proud because she assumes Bob promoted her because she's good. And that's another thing. Christina likes and trusts Bob. And so Amber also has that information in her head, you know, like how bad could Bob be? My aunt has worked with him before and knows him well. He must be good. You know, like, I mean, it's just, it's real insidious. When you or start could she about confide it. this in her aunt? Maybe not because then is she risking her aunt's job? Her aunt. No. Yeah. Right. Point. And her aunt who likes this guy worked on his last campaign. Exactly. Too. There's so many elements to that. Just short little, those couple of scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's it it fascinates me to think about it in 2012. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on to the last storyline and another fun fact about this episode. So Parenthood was perennially overlooked at the Emmys, hardly ever nominated for anything. But this episode is the only episode for which an actor was nominated for an Emmy. Huh. Who was it, you wonder? Is it Peter Krause? Is it Lauren Graham? Is it Bradley Cooper? Taylor Goldsmith. (laughs) It was Jason Ritter. He was nominated for Outstanding Guest Actor in a Drama for this episode. And I want to share with you a little interview that he did with The Hollywood Reporter about his Emmy nomination. Hi, everybody. I'm here with my Parenthood co-star and friend, Jason Ritter. Jason recently was nominated for the Best Guest Star Emmy. We're so excited. What have you learned from Lauren Graham? (laughs) <laughs> uh, almost everything, everything really? I know. Yeah, I became a good actress watching. Right. <laughs> Who is your favorite actor on the show? I would have to say Lauren Graham, no. hands down. Yeah, you guys. Yeah, oh, well, it's true. Are you aware of the controversy surrounding your nomination? Some believe it is due to your extreme hotness. <laughs> I am very hot in this in this moment. It's a very. <laughs> it's a, it's, room. They're calling it the beefcake. Oh, yeah. You know, paper. Um, oh, so we recently uh, had the closing ceremonies of the Olympics. Yes. Like in uh, the Parenthood team, when we are a team, to mm-hmm. the Olympics, you were our only uh, hope. So <laughs> it's sort of like Botswana won oh, yeah. one medal. Yeah. Will you be our guy whose name I can't pronounce? <laughs> yes, I will be our, <laughs> our, our Botswana okay. representative. Out of all the people nominated for the guest star Emmy, who do you think is really the best actor? <laughs> That's a really tough one. I think they're all equally no, no. Uh, one tier above me. <laughs> <laughs> what are you wearing? Well, I think I will be wearing a suit. French? Dior. They know what they're doing. Yeah. Sure they do. Cri- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you think you'll have any wardrobe malfunctions? I'm I'm nervous about that. I mean what if I'm you know, what if on the red carpet my nipple slips out? That would be super like it embarrassing. Does all the time. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Who will you be taking to the event or can you not say? I think I will be taking my mother. Okay. <laughs> Times are tough, are they? Times are tough. <laughs> so it is a true win for 
us all. We're so happy for you. We're so, so excited. Jealous, and we really want you to go out there and be our Botswana <laughs> medal winner. I will winner. do my okay, best man? to represent. Thank you so much. I will have no other guests ever. And um, really, congratulations. We love you. Thank you. I love you, too. How are they not the couple in real life? I mean, like, it's palpable. Like, I mean, am I right? They've got chemistry on screen and off. Good grief. No? I thought, I thought he, he sounded a little uncomfortable. I thought she was being a little aggressive there. Really? Oh, that's interesting. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I immediately take that back because I will never utter a negative word about Lauren Graham. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, can I ask something that I'm sure you two can answer? Sure. So who was beating them? Who who was getting the Emmys all these times? What was, what was the show? Family drama, comedy? It's a good question. I don't know. I can tell you that Jason Ritter did not win his Emmy. Okay. That year it went to Jeremy Davies, who was the guest actor on Justified. Oh. Huh. But let me look. I have, I'm on Wikipedia, open to Emmy Awards. Let's see. Primetime Emmy Awards. Outstanding drama series. So 2010 and 2011, Mad Men won yeah, Best Drama. Yeah, it's hard to be. Homeland won in 2012. Quality. Quality. And then Breaking Bad, <laughs> well, 20, of, 2013 yeah. and 2014, and Game of Thrones, 2015. Here's what all of those shows have in common. Yeah, they are, that's all great. Those are, yeah. those are edgy, and yeah. they are... Uh, I mean, this is wholesome. Like, I mean, maybe yeah. it's maybe it's too. Two of those are groundbreaking. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mad Men and Breaking Bad. You can't argue with that. Yeah. Also, none of those shows are on network television. Yeah. 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 I find it interesting that this is the episode that Jason Ritter was nominated for. Although this is the first time I was watching him and it just hit me. I'm like, God, you look like your dad. Like there, there was like uh, one scene. Really? Huh? Did you not see that? No. Yeah. He does. Like Who's he his does dad? a part of the show. I'm kidding. You look at him, obviously. Yeah. But I didn't think about it during the show. Also, there was nothing during this episode that he did. He was fine. Yeah. I didn't think there was nothing just outstanding. I thought, yeah, it was like a really subtle performance. Like there was no like yeah. moment I didn't think where it was like, whoa. But I mean, I think he does everything really well, but so does the whole yeah. cast. Yeah. Yeah. Like their scene in the beginning where they're like joking over the yearbook. I'm like, God, that's so cute. I could cry. Like it was just yeah. precious. Yeah. Well, Melissa, poet. Yes. Did you recognize what Mark's senior quote was from? No. Can you I, say the quote again? I, it was Andrew Marvel. Um, he said he ripped off of an Andrew Marvel poem, but. Before us lie vast deserts of eternity, I believe was the Yeah, quote. I think that was it. I didn't write the quote down, but I did look it up. It's from. To His Coy Mistress oh. by Andrew Marvel. Well, that's, oh, that's super embarrassing because I was going to say, I only know To His Coy Mistress. I only know like the most <laughs> famous. So I guess I do. I mean, I do know, I, rem I haven't read that poem since like grad school, but I do remember that the whole point of that poem is trying to convince someone to sleep with him because th there is a line mm, about- Tale as old as time. Yeah. The point of every poem, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, basically he says something along the lines of, you know, if we don't sleep together soon, you're going to die. And then the worms will have your virginity. And maybe that is what rhymes oh, with eternity, ew. virginity and eternity. Maybe that's the part. Ew. Yeah. And so like, 
I think that Mark Sear is too good of a person to quote that scummy, <laughs> scummy poem. So maybe I just wasn't thinking about it. Sounds like something Bob would quote. Yeah, <laughs> come on. <laughs> well, we all do dumb things when we're teenagers. <laughs> That's true. Along those lines, did you catch that Sarah tells Mark's friends that he was Amber's sophomore English teacher? Yes, his junior. I thought the same mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Look at us. We are sleuths. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, I thought that this scene and this conflict that it presented was so interesting. What <laughs> do you have going on on that phone? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm texting Justin and he's stupid, but he says he likes you a lot. Oh. Mm-hmm. Did I get good reviews? Did you pass the test? Well, like there was any doubt. They were nice. They are nice. Good folks. It's so funny all the things that I don't know. Uh, like what? Like you, I've Shark always tails. wanted to climb Machu Picchu. Oh, yeah, that was just this something I said once in high school. I, I, we were studying the Incas, and I just thought it would be cool to see those ruins. It would. What else is on your list? Hmm. Lots of things. There's a lot of things I want to see. I always wanted to go to Morocco. I read somewhere that Jack Kerouac always wrote the same bar in Morocco. And I thought, I'm going to go there, sit and write, see what that feels like. Did you go? (laughs) No, besides going to Mexico once on spring break, I'm really been anywhere well then it sounds like we have some traveling to do oh my god just is an idiot i thought this conflict it was so subtle because they're not even really saying it it's just lurking there beneath the surface that for him having a baby is just one of many options yeah that lie before him, any of which he could choose. And he doesn't even seem to realize that her options are so much more limited, that she is on a real clock with this. And for her, having a baby and Machu Picchu, at this point in time, it really is either or. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes, to me, that just accentuated their age difference, which I feel like is often not an issue with them. But this, it seems like he is oblivious to that because he's blinded by his own perspective, which is that of a 20-something man. And I loved that it was unspoken in that scene Mm -hmm. because I think it was pretty overt for the viewer. Yeah. But clearly he was missing it. And then I liked that he was on his phone in the scene seeming more superficially immature than we almost ever see him. Yeah. Giggling at the stuff on his phone. And she's there like dying inside. These people... Mm are at different stages of life. Yeah. It's kind of sad to watch. Yeah. And I thought she did feel old around his friends. How could you not? Not not yeah. embarrassingly so, but I was like, oh, someone here is a generation above. One everyone. of these things is different from the other. Yeah. Yeah. Like when that one woman was like, my older sister just had a baby in, yeah, in yeah. response to my kid just graduated high school. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Grant, like, 
Jaina was your babysitter, so she's a little older yeah. than you are. It's not the same. Was this the third element of the episode you brought me in for? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I was like, let's just hit them all. But I mean, so this age difference is bigger than yours with Jaina. Yeah, I, yeah. th- I think it's like a 12-year age difference on this show. But like when you and Jaina started dating, you said she had a 14-year-old. You know, I mean, that, yeah. would, that would have been interesting if like, you'd had your heart set on like also having a baby. Let me know if it's any of this is too personal or anything, but like, no, not at all. Yeah. But like, I mean, I would think that an age difference like that would only matter if you wanted different things. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. 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 So the age difference works for us because I'm so incredibly mature first. Um, (laughs) That makes it easy. (laughs) But after that, yeah, the age difference isn't as big you know, age wise, but again, there's a 14 year old, Yeah. you know, so yeah, the same elements they're dealing with, we dealt with. Yeah. I was the crazy gypsy where she was like the single mother career focused, did the right things. So very different lives, very different values, but it was just a weird, perfect coming together Yeah. because she's done having kids. She wants to do crazy things. I, unlike Ritter, did not want to have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, other than the child that I was gifted with this marriage, who was a little bit older, who's into Kanye. And you know, I, <laughs> I, I can come in and be the cool older, the cool younger dad, you know? So yeah. we did not deal with their dynamic. We we were able to bypass that dynamic because we wanted the same things or, did, or didn't want the same thing, you know, wanted to not have that thing that they're talking about in the show. The two of you, you and Jaina, both seem to me like more adventurous types, you know, like, I don't know that you, I mean, you've traveled the world together, right? Yeah. yeah. Like you're a version of Machu Picchu, like, or, or yeah. Morocco. Like what, what kind of places have you guys gone together? Um, we got engaged in Italy. Wow. We have scuba dived in Iceland. Wow. We had everything in the U.S. I had plans, but COVID. Oh, um, yeah. But yeah, that's, that's the complete difference is that like uh, not knowing the show and not knowing where it's going to go, the conflict that they're coming into, that's like, I will be shocked if they are able to withstand that. Whereas she was like, she was in that really kind of cool situation. And I've got a couple other friends like this too, that when you have a child so young, you're kind of giving that second life. Yeah. You know, at 40 or like, or wherever, because, you know, like your kids grown up and they're cool and, you know, and now you're, you're still young and you can do everything. So she kind of got to do that first part and then meet this crazy dude. Yeah. Like that is like not wanting to have kids and wants to keep being crazy. And she's like, I'm down. I always missed that. I didn't get to do those things. I didn't have that college life. I didn't have these things. And I'm like, well, let's do it now. Yeah. And so much, much easier kind of coming together partnership than what these two are are dealing with. And I'm just so surprised really, because Mark brought it up first. He was like, I could so seeing having a baby with you. That's really all he said. And then she kind of liked the idea but I guess I'm a little surprised that she did like the idea because, yeah, she yeah. has two kids that are like, one is 18, one is like 16. She's almost done. And she's just saying, I've never gotten to go anywhere and I wanted to. Part of me is like, why, why is and she? And she's still young enough that she actually can. Yes. She could go into what I was talking about. Yeah. I thought yeah. she got out of the car because it was the breakup. I was just yeah. sure that's what was going to, I'm sure that was going to, what was going to happen. So when she did, like you're saying, when she's like, we need to make a decision, I'm like, no, Lauren Graham, no. Yeah. You've got so many other things you can do. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, obviously me, someone who's chosen not to have kids, maybe I'm making it seem so simple, but she already even has them. Like she kind of gets to have it all. And and maybe she's, do you think it's possible that she's worried 
that he will resent her down the line because she suspects he will want a baby. It's just, he has time to do both. Like, like you said, Caleb, and, and she doesn't. And so maybe she's not just thinking about what she wants. She's also thinking he has said, I could see having a baby with you. I'll lose him. Yeah. Maybe she's thinking he wants a baby, but we can't do it whenever we got to do it now. And, uh, you know, yeah. cause if it were up to her, wouldn't she just go to Morocco with them and be like, yeah. let me sidestep that. I, I don't know. I would think. Yeah. You mentioned getting out of the car. I, I have to confess. I found the pulling over and getting out a little overly dramatic. The perfect words. Yes. <laughs> yep. I feel like parenthood is better at those scenes. Like when they were in bed and they're not even really addressing the issue than like, stop the car. I need to get out. I'm yeah. so distraught. It's like that. It's a little over the top. That got him his Emmy but, nomination. <laughs> maybe. But then the scene that followed, once they were out of the car, I thought was actually really good. I'm 40. I know, I know. I'm afraid if we wait, it'll be too late. If we want a baby, we have to do it now. And I don't want to put that pressure on you. I don't want to feel like I'm wrecking your dreams. You're not. You should go to Morocco if you want to go. I, I don't, I don't need to go to Morocco. I just was. I'm, I'm ready. I don't need to do any of that other stuff. I love you. And if we have to have a baby, now, then, let's do it. Caleb, did you think of Richard and Monica's breakup on Friends? You were the most wonderful man. And if you hadn't have said, if I have to, like 17 times, then I'd be saying, okay, let's do it. I absolutely did think of that. I totally get where she's coming from, and I think it's actually very, I think it's a sign of her maturity mm -hmm. and maybe a sign of his immaturity that she wants him to have what he wants, that she she thinks it isn't fair if her age is dictating whether he has children or not or when he has them or whether he gets to go to Morocco or not, you know. But I left this scene questioning his enthusiasm. It felt oh, yeah. like... It felt like he agreed to have the baby almost under duress. Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of the entire point she was raising. I don't want you to have to have a baby under duress. I'm not sure he really does want to sacrifice all those things to have a baby right now. It was certainly interesting to see him surrounded by people his age, which we've really never seen before. We've really only yeah. ever seen him with her or with much younger people, like scenes where he's teaching. And so therefore he seems mature, you know, compared to high schoolers. And so yeah. it was interesting to yeah, just see him with a bunch of people, late 20s, kind of making dumb jokes. I love Mark, but the second he was called like Mark the Shark, I'm like, God, that's so stupid. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like, who cares? Can we yeah. start calling Mark Johnson Mark the Shark? <laughs> yeah, let's do that. <laughs> hey, Mark the Shark, get in here. Um, yeah, I, the whole thing was just, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, I found it really uncomfortable. Like, okay, I think it's cool that he was still able to be on good terms with his ex-girlfriend. You know, I think that's a sign of maturity. But 
I did think it was really weird how she kept touching him. Did you guys notice that? She kept like, mm, yeah. she was sitting on one side and then Sarah was sitting on the other side. And so she kept like picking up his hand because it was obvious that she felt uncomfortable. And the whole thing was so cringy. Yeah. It was I, a marking territory. Yes. That yeah. That's what was going on there. And that's not what you do when you're confident or comfortable, no. you know? And so neither one of them was, I suppose. Yeah. Overall, I'm just like, this relationship needs to end as soon as humanly possible. Wow. Like that's, wow. you know. Yeah. Like she, she's looking for something else. He was not enthusiastic. It's just, yeah. yeah. I do remember the first time I ever watched this particular episode. It was the first time that I was like, oh, maybe they shouldn't be together. I like, mm. I remember that was the first time. Like I was always all in on them. I thought they were so cute. I loved them. And this was the first time that I'm like, oh yeah, they are really, yeah. At different places as Caleb had said. And when they were on the side of the road, you know, usually Mark has that kind of, go with the flow. He's not a dramatic person. And I like that about him. But in this exchange, that kind of felt a little flippant mm. to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If we need to have a baby now, then yeah, I'm Morocco, ready. Morocco, baby, man, whatever. <laughs> whatever, man. And, yeah. and even though she emotionally is a little bit volatile in that scene, I actually think she really has got her feet on the ground. Yeah. And is very grounded. She knows what's coming. Yeah. I just feel like she is wiser yeah. about this predicament than he is. And yeah, it makes me nervous. Yeah. So they're barreling toward a conclusion. And in my head, it's going to be, and again, for anybody listening, I've never seen this, so it's not a spoiler. <laughs> I'm assuming a very amicable breakup is where we're headed because she's wise. He seems to be wise behind his years. They're in different places. So my question for Melissa and Caleb, because this is something that we see done well with adults on TV and I've never done it myself <laughs> successfully. Okay. Is the amicable, we're just in different places breakup. I see. Have either of you ever experienced that? No. <laughs> no. No. I don't know. Does it exist in the wild outside of television and movies? I don't know. I think Mark has had a couple of those. I mean, he he is friends with several people he's dated. But I think that huh. maybe happened after some time, you know, like, yeah. I don't, I don't think he was immediately friends with anyone. I think, I think it, you know, but I think he was able to be friends with them because both of them understood, Hey, we like each other as people. We didn't work romantically. And there's a certain level of, of that to go into yeah. that. But no, I don't think my exes are people I'd want to be friends with. And, <laughs> <laughs> and they weren't people that, um, yeah, I mean, I just remember being sad when we broke up and not <laughs> wanting it. And yeah, but you didn't either, huh? You haven't, you haven't had that. No, zero for me. I've never been in a relationship, so. What? Yeah. This guy is a catch. I know. People, if, you're, if you are listening to this podcast. <laughs> Thank you. It's true. Look at that hair. Look at that mane of Patrick Swayze. Hair. Thank you. Sorry, Even people ahead. I've dated, and by date, like not like been in a relationship with, but gone on dates with, never. But I don't know why you would stay friends with someone unless you realized you were better friends. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you should have been friends in that dating. Type yeah. thing. I hope that's what happens to these two. Yeah. We'll never tell one way or the other, but... Yeah. But that's a really good prediction. I, I enjoyed hearing it. I'm being... What do you predict, Grant, since you are, you know, a one episode viewer, what's your prediction with Crosby, Jasmine, Joe, Lily? Yeah. Where do you think that is all going? That's, that's a good one because it's, that, that's a much more complex storyline, it seems like. Because you got the kids involved and you found like, yeah, that, that, ugh. 
it's hard for me to separate Dak Shepard as poor man Bradley <laughs> Cooper from the Carrie Herger Crosby, and I just feel like he's going to do something to screw it up. Hmm. You know, like I think I think it's there. It's waiting. She wants to come back, and I think he's instead of seeing that, they're going to keep doing the drama. My prediction. Let me okay. Let me throw out my hot take. All right, let's hear it. So he cheated on her. Yes. And that's why they're not together. Yes. I say the drama continues <laughs> until she is finally with this person, possibly even married, but definitely living with him. And I feel like Dax is going to go his own way. And then they're going to sleep together and just to create more drama for those two relationships. I feel like these two are just, they're star-crossed lovers, but they're also bad for each other. I love it. That is a good hot take. That's my prediction. Now, what do you think would happen after that? Because they have already slept together. I mean, she cheated on Joe with Crosby. Oh, that is true. Oh, they, she technically did. Wow. So I'm, I'm on point, at least with you that. You are on point. And Joe doesn't even know. Yeah. I feel like Joe gets screwed in all of this. Joe's going to get screwed. It's going to happen. He's going he's gonna to start a relationship with Jabbar, you know, and it's just like it's going to be sad for the kid because he's got this good father figure to look up to. Now he's got to go back to freaking Dax Shepard. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, my prediction is Joe gets screwed. Okay. But okay. It, yeah. You heard it here first. I don't see Lily hanging around. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I she don't... and her cello are just going to go off into the Yeah, sunset. she didn't seem like a character of substance. That's a good way to say it. Uh, she just seemed like a, a device for the Dax Shepard character. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Now, then what do you think, Amber and Bob? What's your forecast? This there? is fun. I like this. Yeah. It goes back to what we've been talking about when we talked for 45 minutes on that storyline as I have to remove myself from 2021, Amber and Bob. I put myself in 2012, Amber and Bob. Yeah. Uh, so my hot take there is going to be very different than it is if the show was filmed today. So I see him, I see it just being a deep secret. Like, I feel like, I feel like she's going to bury it. She might not work for the campaign. She might quit and even take on the, everybody's looking at her like Monica Potter's like, I got you this job. Why would you do this? And her mom's confused. Uh, but I feel like he doesn't get in trouble for any of this. Maybe I feel like that because it's 2012. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like he goes on win or, win or lose. He doesn't get caught for anything. And she keeps it buried and talks about it 20 years later. Mm. Maybe the wow. truth comes out if, he, if he's running for state representative later or something. Wow. Caleb, are you a Gilmore Girls fan? Yeah. Okay, so obviously Lorelai and Rory are the penultimate mother-daughter relationship. Mm -hmm. Not knowing parenthood as well as you two, where are Lauren Graham and May in that? You know, because like if Mark Johnson and I were talking, we would talk about basketball and like here's, well, here's Michael Jordan and Scottie <laughs> Pippen and then here's, here's Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, like the great duos of all time. <laughs> obviously the greatest is going to be Lorelai and Rory. So if they're a 10, are they, are, is the, the current iteration, are they at a five? Are they at a seven? How much should I invest in that relationship? Because I see the actresses involved and yeah. I'm like, this could be golden. Yeah. I'm going to be bold. She I, might be a better young actress. She's much better. But, I mean, I know. No, I, know. No I don't want to say it. I don't Sorry, say Alexis Bledel. Come on the podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but <laughs> this might sound nuts. I love Gilmore Girls so much, but I, I actually think that um, Sarah and Amber are a much healthier mother-daughter duo that is a hot take it's a I hot take it. they are really really close but they are also i think they she's really a mother to her they're yeah they're, they're not friends they, yeah they they are close but yeah they're not their whole shtick isn't we're best friends it's you know yeah. i'm the mother and you're the daughter and we are also friends but that's always first and also i do think it is really nice to see lauren graham with like 
a partner who I think is just as talented as she is, which May Whitman is incredible. Uh, she's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. or at least almost as talented, but, but I think Alexis Bledel, I, th I think that Lauren Graham was part of the reason Alexis Bledel seemed as good as she did was because she had Lauren Graham. I like that. So, so I there's like that. that. Caleb, what about you? I, I think I would agree exactly with what you said. Wow. I would maybe to appease people who might be going, oh, what, how dare you? <laughs> I think it depends on what you're after from the relationship. Like I think the Lorelai Rory relationship is maybe more entertaining yeah, ah, because they're kind of always in that. sync and it's all about their chemistry and the their, dialogues, yeah. their quips Amazing. and yeah, yeah. And, but they are less realistic. Yeah. Oh, I don't God, think, yeah. I don't think Gilmore Girls is going for realism though. So okay. I don't say that as a criticism. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, Amber and Sarah feel much more realistic they fight as a mother-daughter. Who fight frequently, yeah. but don't ever have a falling out the way that, you know, Rory and Lorelai did. Yeah. Which I think on that show felt kind of manufactured. Because it's like, yeah. you guys' whole shtick is that you never fight. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't think we'd be bashing the Gilmore Girls, but I think you're right. Yeah. And you know what's funny? Of those three actresses, Alexis Bledel is the only one with an Emmy. Oh my God, that's that's for for Handmaid's Tale, right? Oh. Yeah, guest actress. She's the only one. The other two have never even been nominated. That's bonkers. That doesn't make that any sense. That's crazy. Because she's the best actor of the three. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Alexis. That does sound. I love, and she got better over time for sure. They'll yeah. even say in early Gilmore true. Girls that, that like, she's like, you know why we were always holding hands when we walked? Because Alexis couldn't hit her mark and Lauren was just helping her. Like, here's where we stand. Just steering her oh, there. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> huh. And even over the course of Gilmore Girls, Alexis Bledel got so, so much better. Yeah. Well, she wasn't an yeah. actor. When, when they hired her, she, yeah. was, she was a model. She had never acted before. That yeah. was her first role ever, which, I mean, not even a commercial first or something. So, I mean, that's very impressive what she was able to, to do. Play a genius and spout these pages of dialogue. Yeah. Next yeah. to Lauren Graham, next yeah. to those grandparents. Oh, right. my God. Yeah. 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 I think the best, the best mother-daughter relationship on Gilmore Girls is Emily and Lorelai. I mean, that's fascinating. Yeah. Good call. Good Thank call. <laughs> good call. So, yeah, I'm just thinking of it's May. What is her last name? Whitman. Whitman. May Whitman. Yeah. So, I, obviously, my first introduction to her is like so many people in the rest of development. Mm -hmm. And to see like yeah. that character, it's like watching Michael Caine. Yeah. Like, you know, a lot of these people are really good. Dax Shepard is honestly, as much as I was giving him crap, he's good at Dax Shepard. Mm -hmm. You know, and you're going to get a good Dax Shepard. Yeah. Yeah. Mae Whitman is like, if you take like forgettable Anne from Arrested Development to the comedy <laughs> she's doing now yeah. to yeah. this show, yeah. uh, like she's just dipping her toe in every single genre she and doing do it anything. well. Yeah. yeah. She's the voice of Tinkerbell. Is she really? Really? <laughs> yeah. In all the new Tinkerbell stuff. I didn't That's know that. Wow. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> she can do anything. <laughs> she can do it all. Oh. oh, recasting. What if she was Crosby? Would it be better? <laughs> I would love to see an all May Whitman revival of Parenthood where she plays every role. It's just I'd like one of it. it's one of those forensic pieces where she just does like a different statue. Like she's just like moving her body differently to be to the one woman show. I like it. I think you would probably like get into the kitschy part of it for like the first 30 seconds and then you would find yourself like watching. Yeah, you'd be like, yeah, you'd like legitimately watching. And I would definitely be crying before it was over. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Well, let's let's wrap up this episode. <laughs> I thought that politics was a very clever and apt title for it because uh, obviously there were the overt politics of Bob's campaign 
But then the sort of business politics of Adam and Crosby trying to snatch Dawes Mm -hmm. from Bayside, Bayview, Bayside, Bayview, yeah. Anyway, Bayside is uh, something. Zach Morris, yeah, (laughs) high school. But then I also (laughs) thought of politic as an adjective, which is seeming sensible and judicious under the circumstances, and that really felt like it applied to every Mm. storyline. Oh wow! Like wow, you know. Jasmine trying to figure out how to best Tambo moving in with Crosby. Julia trying to navigate Zoe. Sarah trying to say something to Mark, but not say too much, not push too hard. Amber, what do I do? You know, do I speak up? Do I go along with it? Do I quit? Do a lot of politics. You're totally right. Go on, Kayla. That's good. I loved it. I thought it was a really great one. Season three, man. I, I just keep... One episode after another being like, I loved it. It was another really wonderful one. And so I'm like a broken record. But I think I think this is just a string of really high quality episodes, personally. Where I'm at with parenthood is I used the word tropes earlier, and I wanted to emphasize that that's not a negative. Yeah. Every single, there's nothing in any of these storylines that hasn't been done before. True. But the quality of acting and the quality of Peter's directing. Yeah. Like none of them felt old. Yeah. They, they, even from 2012 with tropes that had been done before they felt like they were actually saying something and doing it in kind of an interesting way so i'm in i, I yeah i thought it was good yay i love that you mentioned peter's directing i feel like i don't know enough about directing to necessarily appreciate when someone is good or bad at it mm. but one shot i did notice in this episode that i felt like good direction peter krause when Amber returns to the campaign and she goes and sits at her desk, the shot pulls back and you see Amber at her desk. And then there's like a wall between her and Bob and you see just a window into Bob's office. And it felt like they mm. were definitely each in their own compartments. And I thought, mm, yes, because they are compartmentalizing. Ooh, They are thinking they can keep that stuff separate but I think they are lying to themselves. Yeah. Well, so, and, and not being familiar with this, I don't know if it's Peter Krause's directing, if it's that much different from other episodes, you know, like that's always hard to tell. It's always like, and so-and-so, John Krasinski took over directing The Office, but The Office had such a vibe that he couldn't really mess with that. Yeah. You know, he wasn't bringing in a Hitchcock style. Right. So I can't, I having watched one episode, I don't know what's Peter's and what's not. Yeah. But it's funny, you bring that up, that he created a an experience with that because they're very compartmentalized, but you also in that shot realize just how close they are. Mm. Like it's a really yeah. uncomfortable compartmentalization. Yeah. Which is a microcosm for their entire relationship. Yeah. Like I kept watching that being like she's having these conversations with Monica Potter and he's right there. Yeah. He's just on the other side of that wall. Yeah. You know, and he maybe he's even watching through the window. Ugh. So you know, that's, that's a great point, director wise. Yeah. That is good. Well, Grant, I uh, I said it off mic, but I will say it on mic too because it was just I'm so happy that you're here for many reasons. Um, first of all, just because I love you, and I'm so happy to. Oh, I love you too. <laughs> I'm just so happy to be hanging out with you. But also, I knew you would be great, and you were. You this was this was really terrific, and thank you for watching a show you've never seen before, and like you know, putting so much time and care into it, and and really, you know having a great talk with us. It means so much. Well, and I will say, first off, I need to get to know Kayla better because he's as, <laughs> he's as great as you always say yeah. he is. <laughs> oh, thank you. I you really too. like, I really, you're, I like your control of the platform. Isn't he good it, at like sort of- He's really good. Yeah. Somebody has to control the flow 
he does it in such a professional way. Mm-hmm. There's a couple little hints that you gave where I was probably rambling, but I, that's kind of <laughs> what I do in my life with management. But you did it. You did it in such a way that it was just like I would let you direct me if I was Doc Shepard. You were Peter Krause. I, I would take those directions 100. percent And for Melissa saying, I'm glad you came in to watch a show that I you've never watched before. Yeah, there are most people. <laughs> recommending a show that I've never watched before that is a kind of a drama comedy from the early 2000s I'm out yeah. I would not do it the <laughs> fact that it's you recommending it I'm in I'm, I'm always going to be in Aww. any of your recommendations are going to be in Aww. and rarely if ever have they not been worth it that's so sweet oh my god well you're the best well, and I, I agree with you about Caleb too. Like he's so good at this. And I really, I've always meant to say this. So this is a good time. I hope everyone knows that I want Caleb to lead me in all the conversations. <laughs> like I hope everyone knows too. I feel, yeah. I've, I have sometimes. never been like, Hey, could I read the synopsis and steer the conversation? That's not my role, friends. I like just uh, being led and then just getting to spout off whatever I want to say. You know, I just, <laughs> you're really, really good at it. And I appreciate that. Oh, thank <laughs> you. So, and I'm glad that you're always there to respond. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think we were very happy, I think, with the, the roles each of us play and the role the other one plays. Yes, it works. I certainly am. Yeah, it works so well. And the role our guests play. That's like right. terrific Grant. <laughs> Thank you again, Grant. And um, everyone who's listening, please do follow us on Twitter, Instagram, like us on Facebook. We are Parenthood Pals everywhere. And as always, you can find all of our information at our website, parenthoodpals.com. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. And until next time, may God bless and keep you always. And may your wishes all come true.